This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life. Because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Lichty. Hey everyone, I'm here with Audra Terpstra. We're uh, coming live from Grand Rapids area. Are you in Kentwood right now too? Yeah, I'm in Kentwood. Yep, at yeah. home. Just outside of Grand Rapids. We're under quarantine. I think we first met each other, would have been 2016, I think, because that's when I, and you, you started working at Baldwin Street as well, right? Yeah, yeah, fall of 16, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. So that's how we first met your ELA teacher. Uh, you did a little uh, current events too, I believe. Mm-hmm. History too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now you're, you're teaching elsewhere in Caledonia, right? Yep, that's right. Yep, it's closer to home. Yep. Doing ELA still? Yeah, language arts and history still. Still in middle school, seventh grade, you know. So you've always grown up in Kentwood pretty much for the most part. Talk about what that's like. Um, yeah, so Kentwood is super diverse. Um, all kinds of people from all over the place. You got a mixture of pretty much any kind of music that you would want. But I grew up, like like you said, in Kentwood. My parents were both pretty into like 70s, 80s, older music. So I feel like I got a lot of exposure from that in the in my childhood. But then later on, um, rap is just huge in Kentwood, or at least used to be when I was in high school. So got mm. a good mixture going. Yeah. You, your, your first artist that you made an impact in your life uh, was Elvis. How did that happen? Um, I don't know the first time I saw Elvis, but I was just taken by him right away. <laughs> I thought he was the most beautiful person I'd ever seen. But um, <laughs> my mom just has always, and my, both my parents, we've always watched older movies, lots of like Alfred Hitchcock movies. And I want to say my mom showed me some of the music videos from Elvis from like the early stuff, Jailhouse Rock. Um, some of his movies like Blue Hawaii and I don't know when I when I saw him first but when I was maybe four or five my parents of course told me this story later they said that for Christmas I requested an Elvis CD and my aunt came through with that for me so I listened to the greatest hits I would listen to it every night before I went to bed <laughs> eventually I asked closer to maybe when I was around nine or 10, we would go to Florida every year with um, some families in our neighborhood. And we would usually just pull off and stop about halfway. And my dad would uh, get some sleep and then we'd go the rest of the way down. And I just kind of brought up that I noticed that Tennessee is about halfway. Do you think we could stop and go to Graceland? Um, because by then I had, you know, I had started collecting Elvis, just was still into him. And my parents said, sure. So we stopped off in Memphis for the night. Of course, it was, you know, April, so not it wasn't super hot. Pools weren't open and things like that. But, yeah, I got to tour his house and stuff. It was pretty awesome. So it's, that's funny. I, I was in Graceland last spring break myself. Really? <laughs> I'd love to go back. You haven't been back since? No, no. I just have what I remember from then. Any, anything that you remember? Um, I remember seeing all the Cadillacs, which I thought were awesome. And then I thought it was just, I remember at the time thinking it was odd that he was buried on site. 
and Mm -hmm. his brother was buried there too, if I remember correctly, his twin brother, um, who died at birth. Uh, I definitely remember that we weren't allowed to go upstairs. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, is in wondering as a kid, is it because no one's been up there since? But I remember the jungle room being really cool. Just having the shag carpeting all the way up, lots of plants. Just, yeah, never seen anything like it before where it was, each room was kind of like its own theme. Yeah. Oh, totally. Are there any elements of Elvis that you still resonate with to today? Like, are you still listening to him? Um, I still do sometimes. I have, and I had in my classroom, a record player. It's still there, <laughs> but um, play Elvis on the record player. Uh, I have some of his old records and Christmas albums, that kind of thing. So I like to keep them around. Uh, my husband's not the biggest fan of Elvis, just doesn't get the hype, but said either way, you got you have to respect. He's an icon in music. You can't deny that. So You mentioned earlier you requested a, uh, a CD for, for Christmas. How does a four-year-old... How does that come about? Like, was it something you saw in the store and you're like, I got to have that? I think I just had seen them on the TV for my mom showing me. And uh, we did, I can't remember exactly how we had, I think we had like one, either, you know, whatever aunt or uncle was assigned a different child from a different aunt or uncle. So I just knew my aunt Missy had me and I was trying to, my mom kept asking me for ideas and I threw out there, I'd like something Elvis. And she's like, okay, what about a uh, greatest hit CD? You know, by then I have a, an older sister. She's three, uh, just under three years older than me. So I'm sure by then she had a boom box or somebody had a boom box. So. Another thing that's going on in this time, you, you kind of talked about it with your parents, but uh, you're growing up with uh, music from the 70s and 80s a lot. What are some of those artists and any memories that you have or stories that you could share? <laughs> my mom has always loved Madonna. She's my mom. Just she loves anything that's novelty or kitschy or just different. So Madonna, she was really into her. And I just remember thinking to myself, I might have been twelve or thirteen, singing along to "Like a Virgin" in the car with my mom, thinking this is so outrageous but so cool at the same time so I think my parents kind of let the um age restrictions slide in the I guess for the benefit of being more cultured (laughs) some of the lines are a little blurred but remember like some of the movies we watched early on were like Saturday Night Fever so just really into the Bee Gees my mom loves disco and then my dad is more um likes rock music, like classic rock. And uh, Johnny Cash is another one that loved from an early age. My dad used to play some of those songs in the car for us. Have you ever heard the song A Boy Named Sue? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one we thought was hilarious. So you listen to that in the car over and over, just knew every word. And then another one, it was, I feel like my dad tried to just come up with songs that could tell a story. So that we kind of got it, even though we were little kids. Another one is, have you ever heard the song Operator by Jim Croce? Yeah. That's another one that, it's kind of slow, but it tells a story. And then other ones, my dad loves Pink Floyd, Tom Petty. Yeah, that's kind of his vibe and my mom's vibe are different, but (laughs) 
you know, something to get from each of those. Yeah. Are any of those uh, artists still something that you are enjoying even now? Yeah, I would say one of my just go-to songs is American Girl by Tom Petty. Just love it. Yeah. Uh, it just makes me feel like it's summer. You got the windows down. Um, still love Pink Floyd, too. Johnny Cash I did. I don't think I've actually done any artwork of Elvis, but I did an oil painting of Johnny Cash a while ago, just in black and white. And uh, yeah, still like Madonna, still listen to the Bee Gees. Love a good mixture of that. Another one is that's kind of like a mashup, I guess, between the two that both my parents liked is Fleetwood Mac. So I yeah. love Fleetwood Mac. Rumors, can listen to that album on repeat. But that's kind of Fleetwood Mac, I would say, is one of my go-to Pandora stations. Okay. I, uh, I saw Fleetwood Mac uh, live, I want to say, a year and a half ago now. So jealous. Uh, <laughs> where, uh, where did you see him play? It was Van Andel mm-hmm. here in GR. But it was, uh, I don't know how shortly after Tom's death, maybe less than a year, and uh, Fleetwood Mac did uh, Free Falling. Wow. And uh, just rolling video of pictures of Tom and, you know, multiple, because Tom did a lot of stuff with Fleetwood and also uh, a lot with Stevie Nicks as well. And so it was, it was just really beautiful. Like the whole crowd, I thought, you know, really enjoyed it. Just the kind of a immemorium for him, mm-hmm. you know enjoying one of his songs love it yeah it's way more special too i mean not that you know like the planned tributes and things like that at the oscars and grammys aren't special but it's even cooler to see like another band you know pay tribute to somebody that they really love and respected too that's just just great great to see that you're starting to go to school in elementary and the boy band phase 90s pop oh yeah all of that stuff is going on. Uh, talk about who those artists were to you that stood out. Man, this was a time of, girl, not to be corny, but girl power. It was awesome. <laughs> so I, like I mentioned earlier, I have an older sister. And then um, next door, we had two girls that are around our age too. Um, and we would just, whenever Britney Spears would drop a music video, it was like a holiday. We would try and replicate the dance moves. We had Barbies that looked like Britney Spears, and we had Spice Girl Barbies. Love that movie, Spice World. <laughs> just the fashion and the like, the beauty inspiration, and just like those were our role models. It's kind of funny to look back on, but it's true. And then, of course, you had like the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. I don't want to say battle or war, but it was definitely like one or the other. I love loved NSYNC. Huge fan of Justin Timberlake. Um, still am. Yeah. We went to, before NSYNC was huge and before like all the boy bands were really established, we went to, I think I want to say it was like in Indiana, some outdoor concert um, where we were super far away. We were up on people's shoulders, but got to see NSYNC live before they really made it big, which was cool. Still love Justin Timberlake, of course. He's still going strong in my book. And uh, Mirrors was one of the songs in my wedding, too. So, you know, kind of stood the test of time, Justin, in my mind. Yeah, no, totally. Do you still know any of the the dance moves from the 
Britney Spears music videos? <laughs> I can't say Britney Spears for sure, but I know I could do the bye 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 uh, dance oh, yeah, <laughs> dance moves. Those are some great music videos too, like No Strings Attached. That was a great one in right. sync. It just, I mean, I know there's music videos, but I just don't think it was at the hype level of that time. Like before TRL, you think? Yeah, like right around that whole time when TRL was super popular. I just, I don't really, I guess I don't really watch MTV enough to know anymore. But yeah, I just, I guess just without social media, that was the chance to really see celebrities, you know, was when they released a music video. It's interesting now. It's, you know, they all have an Instagram, a Snapchat you know, 10 different media pages of whatever to look at. But I just remember that was like your big glimpse, getting a good look at Britney Spears and, you know, trying to absorb some of her power yeah. <laughs> or her style. You, you mentioned there is kind of like a kind of a girl power. Was it, was it empowering for you as a, as an elementary kid at that time? Yeah, I thought so. We would try and replicate their style. Um, but it was just cool to see a girl being the only, like, especially with Britney Spears, like, she didn't have a band. It was just Britney. So I felt like that was pretty powerful to see. And then, of course, Spice Girls, you had five of them. And you could identify with each different, you know, whatever persona they all had. I remember, too, the, um, <laughs> and just the, like, the sex appeal was, you know, like, a lot and people really were you know kind of thought it was controversial that such young girls were listening to this music and I remember uh ginger spice used to be sexy spice (laughs) and that was one where we'd play you know play the spice girls and whoever was like the most daring would be sexy spice so I just remember thinking like this is you know you could feel more mature and more grown up just by paying attention to what's going on with these artists, you know, some other music that you're, you were delving into, uh, was some more R and B that was also uh, female artists like TLC and destiny's child. Was that because of the environment that you grew up in or was it because it was on the radio or, or what? Just was more comfortable with pop. And I feel like destiny's child, um, with some of their drops, they were kind of right. Even though they're hip hop, they're right there. Um, with like the level of stardom with some of the pop artists Um, but definitely a little bit more like felt like this is a little bit more different with TLC but loved like the first kind of rap I was hearing from Left Eye and then Destiny's Child of course with Beyonce and um, I think it was Survivor was when they really for me I was like this is a legit legit group right yeah but yeah, just a little bit newer to me than like Britney and the, you know, kids, what kids in my neighborhood were listening to. During this time, you, you're really starting to uh, open up into other genres besides just pop music, Good Charlotte, Avril Lavigne, even though they had a uh, crossover appeal to pop music, there's still, there's still like a punkish side to that. What drew you to those kind of artists and were there other artists in that genre as well that you listen to in elementary i can't i think those are the really the big two that i would say um as far as like more on the rock side of things but i like i identified with like the angst and like the rebelliousness of it and the like i'm not going to go along with you know like what society expects of me so i kind of you know took 
a turn, I guess, not a turn, but it's just so different from like the bubblegum, you know, pop that was out with, uh, with Brittany and, but I liked that Avril was more of a tomboy. That's kind of how I was too. You know, I had my girly girl years and, and things like that. But then I also liked to wear, you know, just like Adidas t-shirts and some cargo pants and I dressed up like Avril Lavigne for Halloween. I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade. I remember like just layering on the eyeliner and just kind of yeah. going for that, like that shock value that was just un- different to me for the time. And then I just like the energy of it. It's just different. Like Good Charlotte, when uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous came out, I remember just jumping around, like singing that song with my with my friends on the playground. Yeah, just kind of like the first taste of other than classic rock and what I'd heard from my parents. It's kind of like the first time that I was like, you know, I can I can identify with some of this different kind of music that's not, you know, just about love or just about you know being beautiful or whatever. Um, girl power kind of stuff. It was more like, it's okay to be different from the mainstream. Is that something that you were going through in your own life at that time? Just like the transition between elementary and middle school, like starting to figure out like, who am I? Where am I going to fit in here? You know, wanting to be popular, but wanting to be friends with the people that I thought were, you know, unique or interesting. So I kind of always tried to I guess kind of walk that line of, you know, the what's popular and what everyone's doing and, um, and what I think is interesting. You know, I think that's something a lot of people have kind of, you know, struggled with like, who, who do I want to be friends with and what kinds of things am I interested in? Am I going to like what I like, or am I going to go with what everybody else likes? Yeah. Well, I feel like you will, we'll talk about it later, but you continue to show this, into middle school as well, you're starting to, you know, continue to have that dichotomy of like pop and, and other music that's alternative to it. So for example, Usher, Jennifer Lopez were what was big in middle school at that time. Uh, talk about those artists. Yeah, those were, I, I can still remember. Uh, so I went to school in Kentwood um, and we would have these middle school dances and at the end of the day, you could just hear the bass from Usher, um, like yeah. the song, yeah. <laughs> and that was just, everybody was going crazy over at over it at the time. But yeah, just like the, the energy, and that was what everyone was listening to. Um, where I went to school was hip hop, rap. And yeah, Jennifer Lopez was just major at the time. I had every album. And she's been kind of major the whole time, to be honest. I don't know if she's ever really been out of the scene. Um, But yeah, that was some of those more like dance anthems um, were really what people were into in middle school just because of, you know, wanting to go to the parties, wanting to go to the dances. Yeah, it's just more of like, let's get this party going. (laughs) Kind of at that age, 12, 13, you know. Yeah. What were these parties like? Um, mostly hanging out in people's basements, dancing. Yeah. Yeah, Just kind of boys and girls hanging out in their own groups in the basement, but then some were daring enough to be dating and yeah, (laughs) it's, (laughs) and just being a middle school teacher, I just think 
Oh man. I think back to my own times in middle school, it's such an awkward time. Um, right. But I just feel like the music was kind of like what brought us all together and kind of, you know, brought down the awkwardness. We kind of identified more with the music versus what we were saying to each other. I feel like the music kind of spoke for us with <laughs> like what we were all thinking about and, you know. Yeah. So not only those artists, but also you're, there's a, again, more of alternative punk elements that you're, you're delving into Stacy's mom, bowling for soup and so on. Anything on those? I, like for instance, I played basketball too. Um, so when I'd be playing basketball, I'd, I'd listen to a lot more like rap and hip hop because that's what's, what was around in the locker rooms and like the people I was hanging out with, like uh, my teammates and, you know, like just, and I think I put this later on about how just conflicted I feel about R. Kelly because that was another person in middle school. R. Kelly was huge and, yeah. you know, hearing him on the warm up tapes for basketball. Um, but then I was friends with some other people who are more like kind of, I don't want to say like outcasts, but people who were like more experimental and just didn't go with like what was the norm. So that's where I think I started to get like some of that, that punk influence where I was more interested in that too. So yeah, I kind of pulled, not pulled between two worlds, but had kind of two different influences, like in two different groups kind of that I would hang with. So that's kind of where I got that, that mix going. Yeah. Well, I feel like it continues through high school too. You, you're into... I know. Some of them don't make sense. They don't go together. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah. I think it, it makes it interesting and intriguing uh, to me. So like, for example, you're, you're really obsessed with Tupac and trap music, but then you're listening to Nirvana and you're going uh, also to punk concerts and listening to emo. Talk about <laughs> all of... Where do I start? <laughs> How did Nirvana and Tupac become an obsession for you during uh, high school? Tupac, I want to say started around like eighth grade where I just get like fixated on an artist where, that I something about them just really appeals to me. And I think it's like the emotion in the art for Tupac. There's just so many layers there to me. Like you have like just the violence and you have the drugs and, you know, breaking the law, getting in trouble with the police. But then you have like the emotional side of him too, like writing poetry um, yeah, like his backstory with his own mom, I believe she got out of prison in time to have him, but she was pregnant with Tupac in prison. So I just really like in some of my, my friends like grew up with some of like the violence and the, you know, drugs and breaking the law in their life too. So I could kind of, you know, not really through my life because I didn't grow up with that in my own household but I was hanging out with friends and over at people's houses where that was a reality. Mm -hmm. Like that was, was what was going on in their life. So I kind of through them, I feel like identified with that side of Tupac, but then could see like through the violence and the anger that like something beautiful can come from that. So I just feel like T Tupac is just a big like symbol of hope to me. And again, this is where 
I think, you know, my parents kind of let a few things go in the spirit of like letting me explore like what I'm interested in and like in the spirit of just embracing culture that might be different from like what's going on in my own house. And Nirvana? Nirvana, same thing. We're, well, not the same thing, but in, kind of in a similar way. Just had unique sound, and I just remember hearing, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit was probably the first one I heard by them. Yeah. And just got really interested in Kurt Cobain, where I was just fascinated by him. He had just such a like, anti-establishment, I guess, kind of feeling, which is, I just was kind of a rebellious kid in high school you know trying to find my way but not wanting to do everything that people tell me to do so I just I really identified with that with Kurt Cobain those lyrics are super interesting yeah and I remember I read once that he I can't remember if it was it couldn't have been heart-shaped box but it was one of his songs that people really were analyzing the lyrics and he said I just wrote those down on a napkin those are completely made up they have no meaning. <laughs> I just thought he was so surprising. Like everything I read was just interesting. I just like found his struggles to be compelling and interesting too and heartbreaking in the end. And then of course you got the whole, um, and it's interesting too, because it's like, I'm. It, to me it was new, but really he had already died, you know, by the time I was interested. So I had, years of history to sort through and live out like in the present when it had already happened like reading about the drama with Courtney Love and reading about like their start in Seattle just was totally just new and interesting to me I'd never heard about anything like that right and I guess that's when I really like that was my first band that I was really interested in so a lot there was also a lot of uh, punk, like Sublime, Blink-182 during this time. You were going to concerts at the intersection. What? Uh, tell me what that was like. Um, so I don't, I don't know exactly how my friend group met up with this group of guys. I won't name any names, but they're from a different school district, um, very conservative school district, but they were very punk. Just again, and I just have always just been interested in people who are very different from me. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were immediately interested in what these people had going on and wanted to hang out with them, wanted to go to their parties. And they were in a band. So we would go and watch them play at these random venues. And then um, they would invite us to go see, like, have you ever heard of um, Bad Fish, like the Sublime Tribute Band? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we'd go see them play at the intersection. But yeah, again, coming from Kentwood, I had never seen a mosh pit in my life <laughs> until I'd gone to the intersection. But just thought the style was just interesting. I loved like ska music too. We would go to see, have you ever heard of Mustard Plug? Yeah, I have. Yeah, we would go um, go there and like from the grinding and turkey twerking in Kentwood where <laughs> at the high school, you know, at our dances, we'd have to have X's put on our, well, if you were caught grinding, you'd get an X on your hand. And then if you got caught grinding again, you'd get kicked out of the dance. Oh wow! So that's kind of the dance, like the dancing I'd been exposed to, mm-hmm. but then you'd go, I'd go to these 
concerts these guys that were just weirdos and they <laughs> but in a good way where I'm like these people are interesting they play music in their basement and they would do this like dancing style called skanking yeah I've- which I thought was weird um but fun mm-hmm. so um we'd go there and just cut loose it was almost like you could just be a totally different person you know you're in, thrown into a totally different environment tons of energy people are pushing each other people are jumping people are getting thrown out it was a lot of fun (laughs) to be honest (laughs) but yeah that's when i started um then got into like blink 182 streetlight manifesto alkaline trio sublime yeah more like those punk punk rock yeah kind of uh grunge punk grunge and pop kind of a mixture of the three i guess right in ska in reggae <laughs> kind of depending on which band you're looking at right some kind of combination did you ever like participate in the mosh pits oh yeah yeah i kept it to the edge but there was a time where i lost my shoe <laughs> lost a shoe of course you know wearing vans right which used to be a punk thing and now are an everyone thing, yeah. which is fine. I, I still love the shoes, but I lost a shoe. There's some gray vans, kind of loafers and some random person just had them, had it held up in their air and, and held up in their hand in the air and they were still skanking <laughs> and I just snatched it out of their hand and got out of there, <laughs> you know, but yeah, you gotta be careful when you're, you totally. know, no, totally. A tall, skinny, white girl in a mosh pit, you might go down and not get back up. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd do a few shoves and then make my way out of there. No, I get it. I've, I've seen some bad stuff happen with the moshing. So, yeah, concussions waiting to happen there. Yeah. Yep. Anything else on high school that you want to talk about? Trap music, too, was another one that Gucci Mane was huge. He's somebody I. He's right up there in my top 10 artists. Um, he would just release music constantly. Yeah. And it was just fun, you know? He had, like, the coolest chains. Bart Simpson chain. That was amazing. But, yeah, just it was always just exciting to hear who was going to drop a mixtape this week. Another good one was Wiz Khalifa, where if you knew the right people, you know, if he dropped a mixtape during a weekday, you might just get a copy of it in the hallway from somebody. Awesome. That was um, one of my friends, Jakari, used to always make sure I got a copy of whatever was new and hot. So, you know, and then you could pull out in your car and you'd have the, the hottest new music playing nice and loud. Because, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, it'd be, you know, a line of like 50 cars or so to get out of East Kentwood. It was all, you know, who are you going by? What are you listening to? Where are you guys going after this? So yeah, I guess like the the mixtapes, and then that was kind of when I started getting interested in Nicki Minaj too. But yeah, Gucci Mane, yeah, Wiz Khalifa, Yo Gotti, yeah, just kind of raw rap music. Yeah, oh, totally. The the SoundCloud type of yep, Dat Piff. <laughs> that was where we got ours. You ever been on that website? No, I haven't been on there in years. But yeah, that used to be. Where you download the free mixtapes, or I used to at least. Mm-hmm. So college comes around, and you, you had mentioned earlier Nicki Minaj was someone you were listening to at that time. How did that come about? Kind of the same thing. I think, uh, gosh, what was it? 
There's one an album that has pink in the title. I can't remember exactly what it is, but yeah, and I I listened to Lil Kim, you know, before, but she's a little bit before my time, and just was not super interested in her. But then Nicki Minaj was just new and different. Cool to have a woman, you know, just hold her own in the rap and the trap scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has got to be one of my favorite Halloween costumes I've ever worn. Uh, <laughs> and mainly because I could stay in character, which was a lot of fun. You know, as you know, different rappers have different catchphrases. Yeah. So, yeah, I would come into a party on Halloween and yell out young money <laughs> and, uh, you know, make different noises like Nicki Minaj does, like their her cackling laugh and things like that. But yeah, I guess I was, I'm attracted to her, too, because she just is such a character. Just you can recognize her right away when you see her. Yeah, another one, I guess, uh, in college that I liked. Again, very different, but Lana Del, Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Some, another person who's just highly stylized, unique sound. Very unique. Yeah, definitely. It's like a, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of themes with her music. Very kind of, it, it makes you think like, uh, like it's cinematic in some ways. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like have you have you heard the song um, "Ride"? Yeah, I, th- I believe so. Yeah, it is. It's it's like you're listening to a movie. I feel like when I when you hear music, mm-hmm. it is very um, like the instruments, very like calming, but just yeah, an interesting sound. You know right away. It's like sad but beautiful. Right. That's how I describe her music. So what's up with, because you, you were also her for Halloween. What's up with you and all these Halloween costumes of uh, singers? I don't know. I don't know what, what is what is up with that, really. I just think it's fun to dress up like an actual person and just kind of shows, like, something about yourself. And it's fun to, like, see who's going to recognize you, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's, I just like to dress up like people I admire. So, yeah, and of course, Nicki Minaj, I just thought it would be just plain fun. I had a super long black wig. The cat, <laughs> every person that saw me reached for the wig immediately. So by the end of the evening, it was quite lopsided, um, but just kind of made for even better character. Right. But yeah, I think it's fun to, you know, get dressed up and listen to their music the whole night. <laughs> or, you know, people ask, who are you? You just get out your phone and start playing the music. <laughs> more like an interactive Halloween costume. Yeah, totally. That's cool that you do that. So currently there's a a lot, again, there's, there's a lot of pop, but there's also a lot of alternative that you're into Lizzo, Billie Eilish, for example. What is it about these? uh, Is it again, maybe the fact that these are females just like Nicki Minaj or Madonna or Britney Spears? Yeah, I think um, I love to see a strong female artist, of course. Lizzo just puts out the bangers. I think it's just hard not to like her. Cardi B, I think she's she's a good contender for taking over for Nicki Minaj. Um, oh, yeah. I think she already has. Yeah, I think she's really, she's up there. Um, and then I really got more into Cardi B after watching um, Rhythm and Flow on Netflix, who... Uh, they also had T.I. 
on there as a as a judge. So I guess just for people who are listening that haven't watched the show, it's each of the different hosts or judges um, kind of held like private auditions to like have their selection of people that were going to come before all the judges. Um, but they do different challenges. Like they have to come out and, you know, drop like eight bars or they have to come out and do a rap battle. Okay. But kind of like a... I guess like a rap battle show, as you'd imagine, but Cardi B was one of the judges and she was more like on the angle of, is this person going to be marketable? Um, Right. So she was always looking for the pullout quotes, like what part of this song is going to be memorable and like what part of the song are people going to want to put as their caption on Instagram? So I kind of got a new respect for her that it's for her. It's not just about the music. It's about the media too and how you're going to use that as leverage um towards fame so i thought that was just an interesting look at the process of like how does someone become famous and of course she's got she's just funny too she had no filter um (laughs) no filter at all and i can respect that especially nowadays where you you know people want to be more careful about what they say because you know once it's out there it's out there so Um, yeah Billie eilish i like her too just just for how unique she is. I wonder how much of it is uniqueness for the sake of being unique. But at the same time, you know, her, some of her songs, I'm like, I don't think I've heard anything like that. It's almost like um, bad guy. For instance, it's like two songs in one. I like that when it has like a switch up. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point about that with bad guy. As a teacher, what do you do in your classroom to, in terms of bringing music um, into the classroom? Um, we have a record player uh, in there that like the kids can, some of them have been trained how to use it and be very careful not to mess up the needle or like push down too hard. Mm-hmm. But I don't, well, I have, you know, sometimes, but you got to be careful too with uh like kids using Pandora and Spotify and that kind of thing, like during school because of like our, my, we've been asked to not let them use Spotify because I think they have to have like parental permissions to be able to listen to that. But I just told them too, like this, you know, might be the only time where you're listening to some of this older music. So we would put on like the beach boys or Elvis or gosh, what else do we have? We had, um, Pink Panther soundtrack. So, <laughs> which they thought was, you know, it's kind of fun for them to say, like, to moan and groan and roll their eyes. But then at the same time, they like it because it's interesting and different from, you know, what they would have put on for themselves. So, yeah, I guess it's kind of hard when you have bigger class sizes too with the noise level to play music. But, like, during writing time is like sometimes we'll do quiet, sometimes we'll do with music. Yeah, I'm sure it's really good during the writing time. Mm-hmm. What is it about music that is uh, so important to be able to enjoy and, and listen to? Man, it's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I think that it's just something that people can, like if you like the same music as somebody else, you don't, there's not really anything that you have to say. You just already have that connection. Um, because there's something in the music that is like, that is you in the music. And it's the same thing for the other person that likes it. There's something 
about them that they're seeing in the music that are hearing in the music. So I like just like the ability to bond people. I think that music does that. I guess it's kind of similar for movies, but I think music is just so emotional that if you connect with the song and someone else connects with the song, you automatically have that connection. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. In the storytelling, you know, I talked about like the early on, just liking the music that tells a story. I like that now too. Right. Well, awesome. Thank you, Audra. Yes. Great talking to you, Kyle. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichting. Each person interviewed has created a playlist to the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm, click on Soundtrack Playlist, and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at at soundtrackpodcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack. Soundtrack.